Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Welcome to the show, everybody. Brought to you from the great state of northern Michigan. Although, I suppose that's not its own state, but kind of feels like it is sometimes. It's snowing out. We've finally accumulated uh, quite a few inches on the ground, and it's absolutely stunningly pretty out watching the snow fall from the sky. I don't I don't know what it is. I grew up in this sort of stuff. And you'd think you'd get sort of used to it or immune to it. But for whatever reason, I have always been enamored by it, I think ever since ever since I moved down to the Caribbean really and took a long long break from any wintertime activities and I don't know. You know, it's uh, there's just something about the the whole white world around you. Um, getting deeper and and the blowing snow and you know it's cold and it's kind of I don't want to say miserable when you go outside, but it's not exactly the nicest thing in the world when you're cold. But uh, you know, it's always taught me just to make sure I go ahead and you know button up, make sure you're wearing as much heavy weather stuff as you can and uh, then you stay nice and toasty warm try and keep the fingers and toes warm you have to do that a lot we're out we have these little tiny hills up here about 450 feet or so and go skiing and stuff and that was always the biggest thing was make sure you tried to not be cold while you're sitting on that chair lift and we used to go out when it was all sorts of Weather conditions, super windy, super cold. There was one time we tried to ski and it was like negative 15 Fahrenheit. And the snow just stuck to the bottom of the boards. And I don't know, it didn't work out all that well. But more than that, it was just bitingly cold and completely sunny. So you would think that the, that would sort of warm things up, but it never did. It was uh, That was way, way back in the high school days, back in the mid-90s. Wow, I'm getting old. And... Boy, I still remember being up here that weekend, and it was just frigid out. You had to cover every inch of skin before going outside, or else it only took a matter of seconds before it started to sting, and then it went numb. So, always got to watch out for that. Protect yourself. So, today, I've been working on the last, cutting together the last video for YouTube, and... Uh, I'll post that up on on Patreon as well, but essentially the the landfall video, and it was kind of interesting because I'm sitting there and watching myself essentially uh, in a very rattled sort of state. Uh, to be honest, I mean it was it was pretty crazy. I and I still I haven't actually pressed the upload button yet because I don't know. I may I may try and edit it one more time just to just to really get it get it right but also I you know I'm kind of afraid because it doesn't show me I don't think in in a very great light and I know that's all just ego or whatever and I, I've always wanted to present especially in the videos and and the podcast sort of the reality of life out at sea and sometimes it's not so great and sometimes it's a little bit sketchy a little bit dangerous um, and also when I was listening to this podcast this is the last one from out at sea and it's about 25 minutes long or so 
but you know, I'm, I'm definitely sleep deprived. Uh, I've, I've sort of had enough of being out there and being in this vulnerable position on a boat that's, you know, missing a lot of crucial equipment. And I don't know, it was, it was definitely tough. It's been a, a long road back from, you know, getting on land and seeing, I don't know, seeing the hindsight stuff come in and thinking about all the mistakes that I made out there and all that sort of stuff. And, and also on the other side of the coin, really getting put into a position like that and dealing with sort of the situation I was dealing with, it gives you a lot of perspective on everything else that's going on in, in your life and in the world and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know, it's been a, a hodgepodge of feelings and emotions and thoughts and, and all that sort of stuff. And I'm still trying to just sort it all out. I mean, I know it's been, it's been just over a month since I have been back on land and normally by that time I'm, I'm pretty well sorted and everything, but this one's definitely taken a a little longer. And I, I think part of that is trying to figure out just what the next step is because on one hand, I'm still itching to get my nice long four-month sail out in the trades, uh, out away from land, you know, casual sort of sailing environment, casual to me at least, and just enjoy enjoy one more nice long trip without the huge pressures of going down to the Southern Ocean or going to the 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 high latitudes and all that sort of stuff. So I, you know, I don't know. It's, it definitely, it's still there. But part of the problem with that plan is execution of it yet again. I mean, I I don't know how many summers now I've gone up to Maine, battle my way up there, uh, work as much as I can, and then also try and put the boat together at the same time to be able to head then offshore and, you know, I think I've said it before, but I've I've found that I'm essentially cutting too many corners at this point and juggling too many things to be able to really safely and successfully carry out any of these trips. And I don't know, I guess I thought maybe with this last one, it would have been a little bit, uh, I don't want to say easier, but less involved because one... The boat was pretty well ready, or at least I thought it was, too. Um, You know, I had most of the stuff already. Uh, And three, I'd just been doing it so many times. You know, you you prep enough for these trips and you essentially get it, get sort of a rhythm about it. And you can you can sort of fly through a lot of the stuff, which I think is dangerous, because if you're if you're starting to get that mental perspective then that's when mistakes get made things get overlooked and then all of a sudden you know you find yourself out north of Bermuda in real trouble (laughs) and all that you know and also the timing of everything but who knows you know it's going to be a number of months before before the launch season begins up there in Maine and I don't know there's other options as well different different jobs and things like that, that I'm trying to figure out, uh, what's going to be the best move if, if a little bit of a change of pace is, is necessary or not. Um, but I, you know, for one thing, I definitely know that I don't want to, you know, sell Sparrow and, and put, put the, 
put the gravestone, so to speak, in my sailing, my solo sailing uh, adventures, because I don't think I'm done with it yet. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's there's going to be a burning desire. There already is. There's the embers. They're, they're already inside of me. They just... Uh, need to get fanned a little bit and I think I think as the the weeks and months go on especially once I get back down to the boat and start rebuilding uh, with the new gallows and the new solar and all that sort of stuff that's gonna be a pretty big step in the right direction and sort of feeling that confidence come back in uh, but you know uh, at the same time there is a little bit of hesitation a little bit of anxiety going on when I start thinking about, trying to race up the coast in May uh, to get up there in time um, to the boatyard. And I don't know. I mean, I think about getting caught in another really bad storm. You know, you're, you're pretty much dealing with the Gulf Stream almost the whole way when you leave from South Carolina and head north. And uh, those storms coming off of Hatteras are no joke, especially in May. And I don't know. It's doesn't fill me with a huge amount of desire to go and get, you know, my butt kicked again, especially knowing that for the majority of the time that early in May, it's going to be foggy. It's going to be traffic. It's not, uh, it's not what I consider to be like enjoyable sailing. And I do know though, if I push it off a month and then head up, then it becomes a whole lot more enjoyable. June is, is a fabulous month to go up there, but by that point, I'm already pretty late for the launch season. So uh, who knows weighing things, pros and cons, but in any event, um, you know, I guess just looking back on this last voyage, I think to just sort of conclude it and to sort of round it out, you know, I, I've always thought that experiences as a whole are just something to be learned from and something to be sort of stowed away as far as these great memories, good, bad, whatever, they're memories. And that's sort of the true wealth that anybody can carry with them because you can't take them away from me. They're, they're mine until my mind starts to fail. And no matter what my position in life is, I can always sit down somewhere and recount some of the, uh, the adventures that I've been on. And so in that, in that light, I believe that it was definitely a good experience, um, a heck of an adventure for sure. I mean, I think back to some of those, some of those near gales and gales that I was in, and wow, it uh, at the time it was really scary, but now it's sort of like wow, I was out there and it got nasty. Holy smoke! Some of those squalls were just nuts. Oh my gosh, and the waves too, all that stuff. I don't know. It was. It was crazy for sure. Uh, if I was asked, you know, would I want to do it again the same way? No, absolutely not. Um, I was very lucky, very fortunate. Uh, I think my two biggest things that I should be very thankful for, one is not receiving any sort of injury when I got covered with all that stuff down below when the boat turned up. And then two, um, you know, just not losing the mast or doing more damage than was done to the boat. Um, so, you know, or more than that, really just not being up on deck uh, and being clipped in and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I, I was clipping in that night for one of the first times in my solo sailing career. It was just getting sort of to that sketchy point and... 
You know, uh, I've been asked if if people thought that uh, I would have been okay had I been up on deck and I was tethered in. I mean, one, if I wasn't tethered in, no, I would have been gone 100%. Had I been tethered in, seeing how much stuff that was bolted down with stainless steel and all that sort of stuff that just was ripped away off of that boat, I don't know if a tether would have actually saved me on that one. I mean, it's anybody's guess, really. and in some instances, I've just, I'm, I'm really glad that I was down below. I wasn't spending much time on deck that night. That's for sure. I'd pop up for a little bit, but I find that, um, you know, sticking my head out of the companion way, ready to slam it closed and jump down below felt like the safest place I could be because then at least I could see what was coming. Uh, not so much in the night, but you know, at least you're up up on deck and if a huge roaring pile of white water is breaking you know 50 feet from you and and headed your way at least you know you're about to get walloped so that to me sort of felt like a a decent decent thing to do was try and try and just be able to spot things and anticipate them rather than just be down below and uh, and feel the boat go up and over and down and crunch so Pretty wild, pretty wild. A lot, lot of stuff to sort of still think about with this last trip. And uh, and also as I get into the modifications of how I want to change the way that Sparrow was set up and all that, um, it's going to be kind of interesting. I'm, I'm hoping to be able to share that with everybody via not only the podcast, but also on some of the videos. I've never been very good at video recording while I'm trying to work because I typically just want to do the work and I don't want to stop and change angles and this and that but you know uh people want to see the stuff and i i do appreciate the fact that if you're going to share some stuff you might as well just share as much as you can and uh i don't know i think in a lot of ways that's just going to be a a sort of a personal goal of mine coming up once i get back down to the boat and everything so so we'll see hopefully we'll be able to just share and everybody could sort of come along for the ride and and we'll go from there uh, but so now, yeah, we're just going to get into the last part of the offshore recording and the wrap up of of the uh, of the trip. Uh, but before we start, as I always say, if you want to support the podcast like 41 people already are, which is absolutely amazing. And FYI, I don't know if you can hear any difference. Um, I'm in kind of an echoey room, I suppose. But I have two new microphones, really, really nice ones. And then I also picked up a uh, recording device so that I don't have to go through my computer, which was seemingly all glitchy with the last few interviews, a lot of, a lot of cut mics and then having to restart. So that's pretty much uh, a whole podcast setup, which I hope will take me through a number of years without uh, falter and also give everybody a little bit better uh, audio quality as well. And, you know, that's all a big thanks to the people that support this show and keep it going and keep it going without any ads and all that sort of stuff. So huge thanks there. Obviously, we still got the shirts for sale. Those will always be for sale. Link in the description. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to reach out to the show, sailingintooblivion.com, podcast link, and uh, contact the show. But Other than that, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for so much support over the years. Uh, We've just been having a great time with this show, and I've got a couple cool interviews, I think, coming up in the coming week, and uh, I'm looking forward to them. So 
we'll keep on rolling and uh, everybody have a wonderful, wonderful day. Hey, radio check. Here we are. Oh, baby. <laughs> December 8th. Holy cow. We're like, I don't know. Possibly. I don't even want to jinx it, but possibly one day out from reaching land. Um, I don't know. Oh, geez. Hold on. Let me, let me just check here for a second. It's been, uh, hmm. Yeah, I think, I think by, uh, by the wee hours of the morning, I'll start seeing some of the lights of either Port Royal or Charleston or something. So, holy cow. It has been a brutal couple of days. Um, so we finished on the December 3rd and 4th. We had that big gale. And we're just ripping through the big heavies, the huge waves. Scary. Uh, right to the brink of, of what I felt like my brain could handle. Uh, but we make it through that. And then we had one one good day of decent wind, but it died off pretty fast. And then after that, it it has all just been light winds off and on, um, shipping everywhere, no AIS. Thought about trying to head into the Bahamas, but I didn't have the charts for any of the areas there. Uh, it's just been, you know... It's been like a hellscape of uh, all the things that you don't want to have in your life when you're out here sailing. <laughs> and thus, uh, I haven't done any podcasts because, you know, I like to keep this thing positive and, and all that. But I suppose seeing every side of everything is uh, very important as well. So we've we've been slowly trying to make our way. <clears throat> well, we made our way just north of the of uh, like the Grand Bahamas right towards Florida and we wanted to catch the Gulf stream to give us that little boost and get North. And my thinking pretty much was just, you know, I have all the charts for Florida and all that sort of stuff. Um, so if the wind would have taken me in there, uh, the plan was just going to be to head in wherever in Florida get so that I can get a solar panel and AIS aerial. And then, hop back out and and go but then like it was like i was getting just teased every once in a while with just the right wind and and so i'd just keep heading for uh buford south carolina because i was like oh man well you know ideally the best thing would be to be able to pull in there sort the boat out be surrounded by like friends and stuff um familiar place and be there for, you know, get the dockage for a month. Um, probably head to Florida, see my family, all that sort of stuff. Take care of all the loose ends, plan everything out so that I know that I'm either going to haul the boat out somewhere in like Georgia or figure out another, another option or something like that. And, uh, so I just, you know, you get it in your head. You're like, okay, well, that's the that's the stopping point right there. And so anytime all of a sudden things seemed favorable to have me 
continue and push Sparrow in that direction than we did. And, uh, but man, the last couple, three, three days now of just almost no sleep at all. Last night, I finally just like, I gave up, took the main, took, took the sails down, drifted and went to sleep for an hour. Like I was just like, I can't, I can't not sleep. (laughs) So, uh, so if some of this doesn't make any sense, it's just cause there's, there's shipping, there's fishing, there's military stuff going on, doing these missile things. Oh, so lucky. I was just north of these guys, and they're, they broadcast out that they're doing a live missile test thing, and we needed to keep 15 miles clear, and I was literally 14 and a half miles north of their position. And uh, I got to listen to them yell at some other guy, though, for a little while. Uh, I think it was just a fishing boat, and he's just like, hey, well, can I just resume my old course? And he's like, you are entering a live missile fire. You are in a hazardous way, all this stuff. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, well, go further out. <laughs> but they're like right off of, uh, they're like, I don't know, 60 miles off of Jacksonville. Go past the Gulf Stream if you're going to blow stuff up, right? Anyway, uh, yeah, so... Brain barely working at all, but we're keeping Sparrow going. Um, we are we're just pressed hard on the wind right now. I've got drifter, staysail, mainsail, everything just bagged out, huge pockets, just trying to produce every bit of power because it's blowing maybe four knots. Um, but we're actually moving pretty well, and we are uh, we're making a really decent angle right now. I don't know why. I think the Forecast has changed or something, um, but we're we're essentially like 50, 60 miles away, I think, from the the uh, the channel buoys to get into either Port Royal Sound or get into St. Helens Sound. I almost kind of want to go into St. Helens Sound just because it's uh uh. I don't know. So it seems like it's a little emptier or something like that. I'm not sure. I've gone in either way. It doesn't matter, I suppose. Uh, I do need to fuel the boat up. So the nearest place, I think, would be in Port Royal. But, um, uh, yeah, we're going to have just enough fuel to get up there. Maybe a little extra. I shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, we probably, probably have. I'll, I, I would think we'll probably end up with like 10 gallons of extra fuel um depending on on everything but the the engine's not running great there's there's some sort of blockage or something uh after a little while the the it starts to rev just a little bit so i go down and i i pump the lift pump manually and that that sorts it out for like 10 20 minutes but yeah i don't know um i'm probably just gonna have to go through the fuel system i mean i know the tanks are clean and everything um but yeah, that's just what I'm saying. Let's go through the fuel system, get that all sorted out. Make sure there's no blockage. Just probably just build up somewhere on some part. Uh, I might need a new something or other, but probably pull the injectors out and clean those and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then, um, oh man, yeah, the other night, either last night or the night before, 
I fired up the engine because, you know, wind completely dies off. I'm like, well, let's at least charge the batteries for the next two hours and we'll run the engine and move for two hours. And I'm going and I'm sort of like, yeah, you know, everything sounds fine. Nothing out of the ordinary. It was really flat out. Um, and when I shut the engine off on this boat, because I use it so rarely n under normal circumstances, I shut the engine off. I closed the seacock for the exhaust and for the raw water intake. And then I closed the valves for the two fuel tanks. Um, so there's, you know, there's some stuff that I, I do. And then. Then you fire it back up. You got to undo all that stuff and everything. Um, but yeah, I went and fired it up. And luckily I, I checked the gauges pretty religiously when I'm running the engine. And I look at it and I was just moving the beanbag chair up forward. And I kind of looked back and I was like, wait a minute, what's that? And it was the temperature gauge and it was like way up. And I'm like, what? And run back and it's not no water's coming out or just very little water's coming out. So I think the C strainer, uh, got a little airlock in it. So I run down, I crack that open, shut the engine off. Um, and then I realized, no, I need to get some raw water running through that thing like now to cool it down. So I go and just crack it open. The C strainer, you know, flows a bunch of water right through it. And I know the airlock is gone. Close that up, fire up the engine and you know get it up to like a thousand rpms or something like that and now it's pushing a ton of water through and oh it is pretty amazing what happens to uh the temperature of an engine once once cold water or i guess you know raw water is going through it it i just watched it just drop boo, 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 boo. i mean you know i could have left it and it would have dropped over the next couple of hours. But when, you, when you're pushing raw water through the engine like it's supposed to, it's pretty impressive how, how much that really does uh, oh, keep it all going. Oh, my brain. My brain doesn't work. I'm so gross, too. My hands are, are basically peeling apart now because uh, there hasn't been a lot of extreme sail. You know, I'm not putting reefs in left, right, and center. So my calluses are wearing through. Can't believe I developed calluses that fast. I mean, my, my hands are just coated. They're so, ugh. Uh, um, I'm just filthy. I can feel like this this, this food that I've been eating, the uh, uh, like dehydrated stuff and all that, just the non-fresh, the super super processed food just sweating out of my body i'm putting lots of sunscreen on because there's no cover uh no bimini or anything like that and so i've got layer upon layer of that on oh man and i you know i don't have a, a huge amount of water so i uh haven't been like taking a shower every single i try and i try and use about a half gallon to clean myself up every two or three days because I know I'm going back. Normally I wouldn't even do that, uh, but it hasn't rained either. Um, so unless it's blowing, you know, 30, <laughs> uh, so pretty gross. Yeah. Pretty gross. Not going to lie. Uh, it's going to be nice to open these portholes, air this baby out 
my hope, fingers crossed, is that this wind will hold up for the evening and into the night, and I can spend a good portion of my night cleaning, getting everything nice, looking good, just get it, get it, you know, so that when I'm motoring up the river to get uh, to get to the marina and everything, I can sort of focus on the navigation, not run aground, um, get everything sorted up topside, and I don't know, just just get it. So you know, I it's always been sort of a thing, even on my trip around the world. I I like to pull into port ship shape. I don't want to pull into port a freaking mess. I mean, I might be a mess from sleep deprivation or whatever. That's fine. The boat, though, Sparrow, I want Sparrow to be, you know, really looking good. Like if I if I had if I had the time, uh, well, not the time, but the if I had the motivation to do it, you know, I'd go around and if I had the fresh water too, I'd I'd like polish the stainless. I get it. so like. You know, you almost the ideal thing would be that you you return to a port uh, and the boat looks better than it did when you left. But that ain't happening this time, that's for sure. Uh, quick check up top, just make sure there's no no boats around. Oh, it's beautiful! Woo! Yeah, yeah, we got the place to ourselves right now, that's for sure. Holy smokes. Oh, I'm so tired, but I've been living in this this state of, you know, it, it almost feels like, like when you're um, like really hungover, uh, like blood sugar's low, shaky, shouldn't have had the coffee. Uh, sea legs barely even have them. Um, I just, just so tired, so tired and like out of it. Uh, but it's one of those things where you can't, if you, if I fall asleep without an alarm set for like 30 minutes or something, oof, the possibility of me getting run over is way too real. There's just shipping and fishing boats and all stuff everywhere down here. I mean, we're between, you got to look at it. We're between Jacksonville, Savannah, and Charleston. Those are some serious shipping ports right there. I mean, and there's just, there's ships and boats and shrimpers and everything all over the place. Um, uh, so yeah, you know, that's the thing is, uh, I know if I stay awake and I only do these little like 20 minute cat nap things, uh, if I, if I can do that for tonight, then I've done it. I've made it like four days straight of doing that. <laughs> do I ever want to do it again? No. Um, have I learned my lesson about having backup, uh, equipment, uh, AIS stuff? Yes, absolutely. So. Whatever. It is what it is. Uh, we will make it through tonight. I will not sleep much at all, but I will listen to uh, more of the Art Bell Coast to Coast archive 
there's there's this great podcast of him. He did the, you know, all the UFO, alien, all that sort of stuff. But there's this archive of these two, three hour long sessions. They've cut all the commercials out. It's just art, listening to people call in. And oh my God, he's so great. So great. Turn, all right, call it. Hello, going once, going twice. Oh, turn off your radio, please. I mean, <laughs> so great. And then they come in with some crazy wackity story. I love it. Mm. So it hasn't been all bad, you know. Um, that's for sure. I've been doing some reading. I got the old Lee Child, uh, got the Jack Reacher novel over there. I'm almost finished with that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. <sighs> I just need... Uh, it's it's it was crazy. I was thinking about it today, and and I think a big big issue. You know, I I I do feel like I should have just gone straight to Bermuda. I should have pushed super hard, get to Bermuda, and figure things out from there. Um, instead of questioning whether or not I would be able to get in uh, before that that low pressure system came out. Which who knows? Maybe that was smart. Maybe I would have gotten my butt handed to me and uh and really had some issues there so uh but i think ideally when i look back at everything if um after after the big knockdown and stuff uh had i gone back to bermuda directly then probably probably would have been i don't know a different story as far as the rest of the trip because you know the the near gale after passing Bermuda and then the actual gale, the last one that we went through. That was serious, uh, ugly stuff and with a counter current and scary, just real scary. And it lasted for, you know, 48 or 50 hours and seas and all that i don't know that was uh that was not fun at all and i'm sort of trying i'm like well how come this is how come these waves are are so gnarly and and all it is really is this route that i'm on you know normally when i'm doing all these sort of trips i am going with all the currents and on this one i have just been stuck trying to you know, claw my way back somewhere else and I'm going against stuff and it hasn't been good. Um, and I, and just, you know, so many weather systems, geez, there's been, I think four, four weather, ugly weather systems that I've gone through. I don't know. I'm going to have to like sort it all out once I've gotten some sleep and do like a recap and I'll, I'll probably try and do that as like a live stream or something like that. Uh, but in any event, I'm going to go just enjoy the rest of the, uh, the sunset up there and uh, try and try and, uh, yeah, try and enjoy what could be oh, my last night out on the open ocean, um, just south of Beaufort, South Carolina. So thanks for listening and uh recap coming. Oh my gosh, day, I don't even know what day it is. I stopped, I was so upset when I, I was doing my logbook. I've been logging stuff in there and everything, but 
I stopped logging how many miles I was going each day because it was so depressingly low. And, uh, I just, I, yeah, I mean, even, even when we had huge wins and it was crazy, none of it lasted long enough for it to actually make like a serious impact. So like the whole thing of doing like 150 mile days and, and knocking off a bunch of those, like you would do in the trade wins, not there. They're just not there. And, when you think you've been, man, we've been sailing this baby hard, and da 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 da, da. and then you look at it and you're like, oh, 92 miles in 24 hours. Oh, it's very disheartening. <laughs> very disheartening. So, any event. All right, thanks for listening. We'll check back in later.